Welcome to Edging On, Edging On, Edging On Multiplicity, a podcast where three Michael Keaton enthusiasts watch his masterpiece opus in 10-minute increments. Today we've watched minutes 10 to 20, and I am Sam. I'm Adam. I'm confused by the phrase masterpiece opus. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also Drew. Hey, I'm trying to freestyle these a little bit, alright? <laughs> so, uh, we start off with, uh, in this segment... Uh, we, we pick up right where we left off. Mike Keaton berating his wife. A domestic <laughs> dispute, you know, just what we want in our comedy movie. <laughs> uh, isn't it funny? Isn't it funny how they laugh. hate each other? You laugh <laughs> when I yell and throw a bowl of cereal. Clown. <laughs> is, is this not the most uncomfortable movie argument you have ever seen? In, in what is ostensibly a comedy? <laughs> why, why is that? I just don't understand. Like, I, I know I will. I gotta know why he she can't go back to work. This I have a theory. Yes. Relationships in the 90s were built on eyebrow dominance. <laughs> Michael Keaton, he's got those big, bushy monsters. Andy McDowell, she looks like she's got pencil-thin eyebrows. So everybody knows in a relationship like this in the 90s, big eyebrows needs to be the breadwinner. Mm. Little eyebrows needs to be with the kids. And so she's challenging his eyebrow girth. See, the, he... Uh... I think the main, uh, the crux of the problem here is that Michael Keaton does not want to spend time with his children. He'd and, uh, sooner die. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, his, his wife is saying that uh, he can watch the kids if there's, ever, if there's ever an emergency, to which he replies, A real estate emergency? <laughs> My whole life is an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> and then he slams his hands on the table, slams throws, his bowl. throws his bowl in the sink. Oh my gosh, he self important. I actually thought he was gonna spin on his heel and deck her, and that's how physical he was getting. She begin she starts crying, and if you do not have sim- if, it's really interesting choice to make the to make the audience just hate the main character right away. Because this the, the we're like at this point barely ten minutes in, and uh, he's just made his wife sob by violently slamming the table and berating her for trying to get the, get back into a job. It's really something wonderful. And so what, what does he do after he makes her cry? He hugs her, and then he looks the camera and makes a little ain't I a stinker face. <laughs> oh, oh, even, even before that. Like, he just stands in the back of the shot just watching her cry. Yes. Like, it gets him horny. Like, crying must turn Michael Keaton on. <laughs> the, the, I, I really cannot emphasize enough the face he makes when he hugs her is just he raised his eyebrows like, oh, what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> Women, am I right, audience? Sometimes you just gotta... I, all this uh, conundrum is made all the worse by the fact that Michael Keaton is wearing the alcoholic stepdad uniform of a white mm. t-shirt and an unbuttoned blue jacket on top of it. Yeah, but an unbuttoned Carhartt jacket. How long do we hold on that? It, it felt like a long time that we just hold on him making that face and hugging his wife from behind. It holds for a while. Maybe that face should be the, the preview image because that face is pretty good. <laughs> Maybe that face but with the eyebrows even larger. Yeah. Just just enlarge eyebrows by 20%. Just subtle <laughs> enough that like you might not notice it right away. <clears throat> Or, or maybe just man. multiple layers of the eyebrows, like six-pack mm-hmm. abs, just of eyebrows. I don't know. It's going to be great because like, people are going to be listening to this episode and then looking at the image and going, oh, yeah, wow. That's where that's okay. what was wrong. Or it's not that at all. <laughs> You'll have to find out when this debut is on your favorite podcasting app. <laughs> well, Michael Keaton is a merciful <clears throat> abuser. He allows his wife 
out of the kindness of his heart to return to work and make money to help support the family. Yeah. That's just darn nice. Mm-hmm. Oh. But that immediately cuts, speaking of work, to further evidence that Michael Keaton works for the most incompetent company ever. We go to the Gemini Research Facility. We nailed it down. It was Malibu, California. Yeah. I thought they said Miami, Florida, so that's on me. And, uh... We go to this mysterious Gemini Research Institute where they're doing some sort of job in the basement. Uh, Michael Mike Keaton is informed that there's a situation in the basement. A real estate emergency. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, before the real estate emergency, he finds all of his crew is ogling the ass of some sort of lab technician. Yes. And he says, Why are you being paid to watch ass? <laughs> While she's, like, ten feet away, so he's not even being subtle about it. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't turn around. She just she just lets them have what they want. Uh, I was, uh, I actually never noticed that they were staring. I thought, I always thought they, he had said, uh, you're paying, being paid to sit on your ass. I have, I've actually misheard that line every time I've ever watched this movie. Staring <laughs> at ass. Uh, Even Michael Keaton's sneaking peeks at multiple points at her ass, but then he has to reprimand his crew. Well, I mean, he's got to he's got to see if it's reasonable first. He's got to he's <laughs> got to make sure that's what they're really looking at. Yeah, well, there's going to be a workplace claim, so he's going to have to weigh in on his he's own just, opinion. He, he's just following their line of sight to figure out what's so. He's got to be able to identify that ass if there becomes a time where there's a, a complaint filed. <laughs> it, uh, so my uh, Doug, sorry, Doug goes to the basement. Uh, to, to find that there is a pipe just, just pissing water all over the place. Uh, so he's, uh, of course, none of, no one, none of the incompetent people that he pays for some reason have any idea how to stop this pipe from spraying water. So he walks over and rips a pipe wrench out of someone's hand and manages to fuck it up even worse by himself, <laughs> getting himself absolutely soaked. So how does he react, Drew? Very calmly, right? He reacts very calmly to the situation? I think this is a... And a, a question better answered by Adam. Yeah. I think this is a, a question better answered by Sam. He reacts very no, calmly. No, I'd like to answer this question. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll take it if you don't want it. No, you can take it. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know how when you're being sprayed in the face with a strong, steady stream of water and you can just... Like Lionel Spaulding. Yeah, like Lionel Spaulding. Does, yes, yes. You can either walk left or right. He stands in there and goes, Are you kidding me? And then beats the wall with a wrench. He just starts smashing other pipes because if, if one pipe's broken, why not break them all? <laughs> he goes scorched earth and tries to destroy the entire <laughs> building. He has like he, he has such big Kyle energy in this where he's just going to punch a hole through the drywall because he didn't get his way. It, you know how the joke with Homer Simpson is how he's incompetent with his job, so whenever there's an emergency, he can never do anything, even though he's the safety inspector? Mm -hmm. Well, Michael Keaton is the opposite of that, where he's causing the problems actively and yes. can't fix them. He's worse than Homer Simpson, people. <laughs> and if you're worse than Homer Simpson, <laughs> it's time to go home. See, I think it's time to let your wife go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> Why, why we are why, why we never discuss this? Why does he just let her work? And then, oh, because then he wouldn't be. Oh, because then his entire well uh, sense of self is tied to his job very clearly, and he'd have to spend time with his kids. And not yes. impressed with them so far. Yeah. Boring Girl Scout camp and, and booty shaking booty kid. shaking boy. Yeah, they haven't gotten too much characterization yet. Uh, yeah, they actually I, give them characters. Um, <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> the, the construction workers are really like his kids. They're incompetent. They're dependent on him, even though he's just making things worse than the, wor worse for them in the long run. Oh man, I really, 
I, I quite like how they, they're trying to set uh, Doug up as a character who is very stressed, but instead they set Doug up as a character who has such intense anger control problems that he should probably be in an institution. Yeah, I, I wrote that down too. It's It doesn't make him sympathetic. It makes him terrified. <laughs> Michael Keaton's kind of terrifying in this movie. He is not kind of terrifying. He's got that perfect level of like... Sociopath. Yeah, socially able to like be in the outside world, but clearly there's something wrong. You see, I think actually we really get down to that in the therapy scene that comes up here. <laughs> we really, he really gets a lot out there. We can't there. get to the therapy scene yet because there's a not just yet. There's still a chocolate river on the way. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, are you talking, of course, about the, uh, the the man who runs the research institute? Yes, Dr. Sciensky. Who is given the stage direction of, I don't know, be Robin Williams. <laughs> but but not funny Robin Williams, wonderment Robin Williams. Like, oh, yes. yes, I think I know what you're talking about. Could you play Robin Williams with toys for us? <laughs> oh. oh, also, it's, it's pretty weird that the random guy just walks up, the random science guy just walks up and offers to help him relax. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a proposition for a hand job. Well, he is also a therapist, as we find out. No, he said he specifically says he is not a therapist, well, even I though know, he has a therapist couch. Yes, and, and, it is, and it's having Michael Keaton lay out his his life problems to him in a very one on one, someone call it a therapy style session. I have so much to get to before that, though. Okay, holy okay. Sh holy cow! I've got a bulleted list. First of all, Doctor Sciensky, who yes. runs the Gemini Institute, he uh, sees Michael Keaton bludgeoning the pipes to this science science institute. Which he owns. Which he owns. Dr. Sciensky owns. He doesn't care, so, uh... He's later, sympathetic. Yeah, he's sympathetic seeing this man bludgeon with, with the rage of a thousand suns, just bludgeoning all these pipes. Then Michael Keaton goes up, and he's, like, ripping up a towel to further show his anger. And so Dr. Sciensky... It's not anger, it's his stress. Oh, yes, yes. His stressed. relatable and understandable levels of stress. His good old red, white, and blue, Paps Blue Ribbon stress. <laughs> <laughs> Paps Blue Ribbon stress is a good term. <laughs> I feel like Michael Keaton would be a bit more of an original Budweiser man. But uh, Dr. Sciensky uh, says... Yes, you look so stressed. Uh, I, what do you do for fun? And Michael Gulton says, <laughs> I play golf. When's the last time you played golf? Never. And if, <laughs> did he say and, never? Is that what he said? Yeah. Oh. And of course you, of course you would play golf. Yeah, completing the boomer dad triangle. Yeah, he's the most dad. He's the most like 1996 dad character imaginable. Like the, the Michael Keaton in this movie plays. Your your friend's dad in first grade, where you go over and you never see his dad. Whenever you do see his dad, you're kind of like, you you don't want to talk to his dad. You like kind of avoid his dad. His dad always seems like he's in a bad mood, and like it, you know, it's like a friend whose dad yells at him in front of you when you're <laughs> over, and you're just kind of like sitting there like, mm, am I in trouble too? This is weird. <laughs> And the similar dad that when you go over to the friend's house for dinner, uh, every single time the parents will get into a fight. Oh yes, oh yes. I just love the vitriol that Keaton's able to express by just saying, I can't play golf! My life is literal hell! <laughs> that's, that's, that's how you know it's a boomer dad, when their life becomes literal hell simply because they cannot play golf. It's like, it's like their boomer comics where the kids... Our heads are exploding because the Wi-Fi is down for five minutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, 
I have a soft spot for like boomer comics, like uh, like clicking the book. That was that was the pretty. Father, I cannot click I, the book. Yes, I I miss those memes. I love them because just the the fact that someone like genuinely finds those funny it is funny to me in itself. And uh, Drew, I do have a question for you. Well, yes, Samuel. What do they do at the Gemini Institute, Drew? What what do they do here? Well, the name offers fantastically subtle foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. They make clones, people. No, no, no. What does what he say they do? Miracles. They make miracles, baby. They make miracles. This is the rock star of doctors. This is a, this is an explanation for what they do. They're not once, but twice. Two separate times when asked what he does, instead of giving a real answer, he says, we make miracles. Michael Keaton should get up and run. Yes. <laughs> we make miracles, my life. Yeah, the doctor in Human Centipede said he was making miracles, too. <laughs> but this was before Human Centipede, so you can understand Michael Keaton not seeing it. Oh, fine. The, what's the, the, the walrus movie Kevin Smith did? That, that's... Oh, every time you bring it up, I liter I feel my mood go down by 10%. You're not you you a fan that? of Tusk? Oh, you, you like I, it? I, 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 it's my favorite... It's my, my, my favorite Johnny Depp role. Johnny I, Depp's I character in that movie. That was Johnny Depp. I know. I didn't realize it was Johnny Depp the first time. I have to... Con every time I tell people that movie, I have to convince them it's Johnny Depp. God, that that fucking ending though. Good lord, oh. I've never thought I would <laughs> I would see two men in walrus suits fight to the death. <laughs> oh, it's real good. Oh, uh, uh, sorry for the spoilers, but if you haven't seen it, just just watch the ending. Don't. It's, just watch it's Tusk. It's on Netflix. Don't I think. watch Tusk. Uh, but I'm sorry. My last note before we get to the therapy scene mm. is that as the doctor is leaving, uh, he he begins leaving the scene, leaving Michael Keaton to stew in his anger, and he says. Call me! And then he walks out of the scene. And then we immediately cut to Michael Keaton in the doctor's office. Mm. And they're having, like, a, a conversation. So well, I guess... That, that's because he called him. Yeah. That so, was did you miss cuts. that? <laughs> yeah, I missed the scene where he walked up to the payphone, took out an old quarter, and called up the doctor. He didn't even... The doctor didn't even give him his number. How's he supposed to call him? Huh. <laughs> now, this therapy scene I enjoy because it, it shows that... Uh, that Doug almost understands what's wrong with his life. He almost gets it. Because when he asks him uh, about uh, his uh, work-life balance, he says, uh, You know, uh, work comes first, my family's a distant second, and I'm, I'm, I'm way back in third. I'm, what, what, how's, how's he worded? <laughs> way back in third? Yeah, he's, uh, himself, he's way back in third. So uh, he, he understands that he's not giving his family any time. But he doesn't see the problem as him not giving enough time to his family. The problem is he doesn't have enough time to golf. It's like, uh, it's like when you see Facebook posts from like high school girls that you went to school with that were a couple grades below you. And it's like, oh, so tired of toxic people. Why are there so many toxic people? And they don't yes. realize <laughs> that, uh, what is it, three points or more make a trend? <laughs> yes. So maybe at some point... When everyone you encounter seems to be an asshole, at some point you must start to question maybe if you're yeah, the Yeah, maybe asshole. you're the piece of shit. <laughs> but uh, this, this is where... Uh, the cut to the psychiatry scene, the mm -hmm. therapy scene with Dr. Sciensky and Michael Keaton, makes me think that there was supposed to be a scene in between the last scene and this one where maybe Michael Keaton goes home and abuses his family a little bit more. Just one more time, yeah. Yeah. It's the offer. It seems like there should be another scene between the doctor leaving... And Michael Keaton going to his office to... May I make a prediction here? 
about the movie that you've seen 12 times? <laughs> yes, based off of uh, the rest of the movie. I think I know what the scene probably was. I think he went home and had dinner with his kids, soaking wet still, just still dripping wet, sits at the dinner table, his kids are running around screaming. I think what happened is that he got in an actual screaming match with his wife at the dinner table, leading to him going to the therapy session. I think that they, they decided it had gotten too dark. They went just a slight step too far with that, and they're like, we better, we better just, we'll, we'll just cut straight to this. Why does this rest. sound so goddamn believable? Backpedal, backpedal, backpedal. <laughs> yeah, that, that also would explain why he's bone dry when he's on the therapist's couch, so it wasn't just like he followed him to his office. Because the yeah. doctor boned him dry. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's, of course, where the Doctor reveals the the central plot of the movie. That he has a much cooler twin. Yes. <laughs> wearing, a whole, wearing, like, a cool button-up shirt and sunglasses. Damn, his his clone's got it going on. Holy Did cow. Did anybody else get, like, Jurassic Park vibes? Yes. Like, yeah. like, oh, oh, yeah. John. John. Oh, yes, I have notes. <laughs> now, one thing I did realize while this scene was happening is, uh, I'm almost 100% certain that this movie is inspired by, uh, the cloning of Dolly the Sheep which was also in 1996, the first successfully cloned animal, which is almost 100% where the idea of this movie comes well, from. About guaranteed. And if you can clone an animal, you can clone a Michael Keaton. <laughs> I think the time frames don't match up. I think it must have been Jurassic Park at the beginning that Harold Ramis like, I bet you could do that with our people. <laughs> and then Dolly the Sheep happened to come along, and that was the final push they needed. Fair enough, fair enough. But, uh, yeah, so they make miracles. Uh, I believe in miracles. What Michael Keaton needs is not a clone, but time. He needs time. It just so happens the clone can provide more time. By uh, the, 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 the implication here is that you have one clone on work mode and the other clone on vacation time at all times. Mm. So you can just kind of enjoy 50% of your life. Yeah, just go with the flow. Until the clone realizes that you were whining like a bitch over nothing and then it kills you and takes over your life. Michael Keaton is a man whose life has been destroyed by capitalism. <laughs> Michael Keaton's a man whose life has been destroyed by Michael Keaton. He's been told that his life is val- his, his, the value of his life is only how much he do- how productive he is in his job, and therefore he feels that unless he's as productive as possible, his life has no value, unless he neglects the things that are really important: his wife, his family, his free time, his golf. Hey, Eugene Levy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. So there's this weird, this weird instance where uh, Doctor Scientologyinsky <laughs> is reading or is is reciting like his little uh, history involving clones, mm. and he says the line, "I cloned an earthworm last year" <laughs> or something. And Michael Keaton's face looks like it's getting sucked into itself. <laughs> like his reaction to that, like his eyes sink in and his mouth like puckers. It's so says, bizarre. God bless you. God bless you for it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an unironically funny That is pretty funny. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the character Michael Keaton's playing uh, could be given could be a great comedic character if he we just didn't have to constantly see what a horrible human being he was. Yeah. If he was a reactionary character in a in a in an odd world. Where he was free of sin except being an asshole. Like an always sunny. <laughs> He's just a smarmy asshole. That could be his own. If that was his only character flaw, that'd be fine. Yes, but his many other flaws make this very uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, that brings us, as Michael Keaton signs up to be cloned, like Dolly the Sheep. Oh, here, one, one sec. Yes, another, another pretty funny line that I got is uh, 
he uh, he's deciding whether or not he's gonna be cloned. Michael Keaton says, "What is it that uh 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 I need?" <laughs> Uh, 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 uh. He stutters and makes it more believable. Y- yeah, that's how you know it's a genuine performance. Like Jeff Goldblum, who is also referenced. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, uh, but before we get to that, Sam, uh, there's this uh, upcoming... I think you have a theory that it's a gaff. Yes. You told me about this, and I'd love I'm to not, hear you describe it. I'm not 100% sure anymore. I like to think it's a gaff. Uh, we get to the cloning the cloning room, uh, which is just full of your classic uh, science mumbo jumbo dials and lights. Yeah, a bunch of blinking machinery all over the place, and uh, Michael Keaton's getting on the cloning table. Uh, he's turning around, talking to uh, Doctor Scienceski, and uh, he keeps turning back and forth, like getting ready to get on the table and turning back, asking another question. And he finally just smashes his face <laughs> pretty hard. It, it, it's it, to the point where I, I'm not a hundred percent sure it was an accident. Because it looks like it actually hurt. <laughs> he smacks his face in the machine, a nice big conk. Gets on in the cloning table. Uh, all the science nonsense blinking around. Gets his head shit. strapped in the harness. Once again, sits up, bangs his head on the harness. He's just kind of sitting there mumbling about, oh, what's all this? What's this stuff for, Doc? You gotta wonder if Harold Ramis in the director's chair was just like, yeah, hit your head a couple times, that'll be funny. (laughs) Knock your head around. (laughs) But Michael Keaton, uh, once he gets strapped down, he begins what I think is the Michael Keaton improv hour, where he spouts some of the most asinine, jumbled, and unfunny dialogue I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it's just a... Just nothing. Just nothing lines. Yeah, I saw Mike, I saw Jeff Goldblum in the fly. You know, he had the hands that went like this. And then he, uh, my yeah, uncle... Peripheral vision, I think, maybe a little, bit, a little too far. Unbeknownst to Sam, every time the topic of creepy crawlers or other buggy creatures was mentioned, Drew would get punched. <laughs> what was that? Damn it, he's right! <laughs> what? <laughs> So we're talking about Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> and then Michael Keaton's like, and my uncle, he, he went to the dentist, and he went like, because <laughs> he had a, 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 a suction <laughs> thing. He got stuck in his throat. And he breathes like. <laughs> and then Dr. Scienceski, realizing the audience's pain, finally sedates this lunatic. Yes. Hopefully with enough to kill him. Yeah, he, well, he gives him a pretty big dose, clearly. There's a count back from 100. A hundred ninety. Oh, oh, <laughs> Done. oh, oh! Real quick, real quick. That, that, that scene is genuinely uh, funny. I gotta <laughs> say. Oh, uh, he asks, "How much does a clone job cost?" <laughs> <laughs> That's up to you. <laughs> we'll give you the clone. It's out of our hands at that point. <laughs> If you want to make that a monetary transaction between you and the clone, that's up to you guys. I, I feel like that scene where he's counting down from 100 would have greatly benefited from like a close-up of his face. Because you can barely tell that, his, like, that he passes out, other than the audio cue. It's just so... Like, well, he does do the classic Michael Keaton mouth hang all the way open. <laughs> yeah, and that, that would just would have looked so much better like on a close-up. Because it's just... It's, it's really distracting. Also, that's how you get organs harvested. Just trusting random people to operate on you. Yeah. He's going to wake up without a pancreas. He walks in this guy's facility, smashes stuff with a pipe wrench, and then he goes, Oh, you're going to clone me? You're going to knock me out? Yeah, sure. I'll trust you. Just look at my cooler twin brother. We could totally clone people. And we have a 
a few seconds of just flashing lights, oscilloscopes, you know, all those Buttons. all the equipment they had lying Gizmos. around. It's, it's like what the Rocky Horror Pictures show did in the seventies, but better or but worse. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how they, they they create the clone by vacuum forming it, uh, which unfortunately which allows horrifying. us to see Michael Keaton's entire flaccid penis. You saw his penis? Oh, you can see his entire flaccid dick. I didn't even see it. I was too busy looking at all the science gizmos. Yeah. Those were some distracting gizmos, so I can sympathize. They didn't have to strip him naked to, for the vacuum forming scene, but they did it. They <laughs> did it, the brave bastards. It's a perfect clone, Sam. It's a perfect clone. It needs a perfect Michael penis. Can you add, a, right. can you add a couple inches to that one? Yeah, for, just a couple. For, for the wife. Yeah, for the wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know Michael Keaton would ask him to make it smaller. One hundred, one hundred percent. Michael Keaton's the type of guy would. That's go, a fucking boomer joke, man. Here we go. Make him a little smaller. His dick's a little too big. You know, I just want to, by comparison, you know. <laughs> Not that he's going to, but don't, don't, don't tell me. It's at this scene that it occurs to me, who's doing the work? Because Michael Keaton apparently now has to work seven day weeks on these construction projects to get them done. So while he's futzing around with this Doctor Science Who's doing the work? Are all those men just checking out the ass in the downstairs lobby for the five hours? <laughs> he, he, left up to, he left it up to Vic. They demolished the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just the construction workers. They're just scooping out water. All They're right. trying to fix that pipe still. They got, like, floaties and swimsuits on. Dog, we've had a slight problem. We demolished a house that still had people in it. <laughs> Dog, we have a bit of a bit of a problem. We demolished the first tower. <laughs> oh, oh, no. We gotta, we gotta get that shit out okay, of here. Okay, okay. We can take that one out. I'll, I'll, I'll still leave it in. With the cloning scene, I really... There's one... The, the, the cloning scene is redeemed by one thing, which Flaxy is when he is, which is when the Michael Keaton clone gets screen grabbed, and oh, it's just a microwave the oven ding, ding <laughs> to let you know it's done. It's my, it's, it's, it gets me every time. It's oh actually God. funny. Bake your clone on high for three minutes and thirty seconds. That's it's. It's just a kitchen timer. It's the most Harold Ramis shit, and it's one of the best parts of this movie. Just that the clone's done, and then ding. <laughs> Which is like a weird cut to black for a second. Like it, it feels like there's a space for ads. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when they put the movie on TV, that's where they put the ad breaks. It's oh, weird, team, man. It feels like a direct-to-TV movie there. But uh, from there, we get a couple seconds of uh, Michael Keaton waking up and meeting his new clone. Uh, sadly, we get that introduction cut a little short here. Uh, it, it seems like this movie wasn't necessarily made to be watched in 10-minute increments, unlike Dunstan Checks, which clearly was. Yes, yes, it was Ken planned. Wampus knew us. He knew we were coming. Oh, oh yeah. so when we get the, the scene of meeting the clone where we see the back of original Michael Keaton's head in the hospital, you can clearly tell that it's not Michael Keaton in the hospital <laughs> bed. hair. Yeah. yeah, the hair is... It's not even the same color. <laughs> <laughs> they did a lot of really... They, they do later on some very impressive special effects to the clones, but... Uh, not right now. But they cut corners. <laughs> yeah, they cut, they cut some corners here. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like Andy Kaufman from the back. It's got that <laughs> weird, thick, black hair. But yeah, is, that thing is there really anything else in this section to talk about here? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is where the movie is really going to begin accelerating. Yeah, we have... Th these first two chunks are a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of setup. But well, we naturally. Get abuse. There's, yeah. 
there's only funny. so much. But there's far well, less child abuse in this movie, which I'm very excited for. I've got to say, only oh, spousal abuse. Luckily, yeah. the mother was already dead in Dunstan. Thank <laughs> God for that. Fishing <laughs> shark accident. One less character to give a shit about. You guys, I just had like an like an actual moment there. Where I was just staring forward in the void, and I was realizing that. I was like genuinely excited that there was less child abuse in this movie. Oh man, <laughs> Adam, how is multipli- Where is multiplicity going from here? Yeah, how's this movie? Going I'm so that? glad you asked because they already dropped a little Easter egg for it in this little ten minute chunk we watched. I think what's going to happen is the clone is going to turn into Jeff Goldblum. The clone oh. is going. Like slowly over time. He's slowly over time. Yes. Like he's gonna peel off the the mask and the makeup, and it's gonna really be Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna and then and then the clone Jeff Goldblum is gonna steal Doug's wife, but she's not gonna be able to tell because she difference. yeah she she thinks it's it's Doug. She thinks it's Michael Keaton, and then from there on it becomes a revenge story. So like face off. Like face off. It's going to be Michael Keaton trying oh, to get his own life. One back. year before face yes. off. I thought Face Off was 99. 97, it's as old as me. Wowie, nice. wowie, wowie. I also would have thought that was a more recent movie. Huh. Well, uh... So, anyway. How close am I? Give me a percentage. <laughs> well, I will say... 3%? He may or may not appear later in the movie. That may or may not be why I booked him for the next episode of the podcast. We'll see if he's still gonna come on. Oh my god. But... I may or may not have uh, have booked. I forgot his name mid sentence. Jeff Goldblum. Yes, I may or may not book Jeff Goldblum for the next episode of the podcast. Wait, we'll who's see. that at the door? Well, you'll have to tune in the next episode of Edging on Edging on Edging on Multiplicity to find out. I've been Sam. I've been Adam. I've unfortunately been Drew. And make sure to tune in next time when we totally have him on the show. I've been Ding. Edging on. Edging on. That was Edging on Multiplicity, a podcast where three brainless clones discuss multiplicity ten minutes at a time. You can email us at edgingpodcast at gmail.com. Edging on is a podcast by Sam featuring Adam and Drew. Music is done by Sam and edited by Adam.